Hey everybody, this is Billy West, and um, the things I do today, all these voices and everything else, movies, television, radio, oh man, you name it, I've done it. And I worked with a bunch of big dumb disc jockeys, and they used to have voices like Zap Brannigan, and they say, 20 minutes past 7.30, eh? and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, you're home for this sort of thing. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me too easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. Can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Good evening, fellow kids and geeks, and welcome to Talkcast 252. And boy, I'll tell you that our, our introduction was never more appropriate than it was tonight because I think I've sworn most of that. As we've gone through technical difficulty after technical difficulty, at a time when summer turns to fall and there's no more accidental brain freezing, when thoughts turn to the cold winds of the Venusian landscape and otters begin to speak in Latin, deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 9 Foster's Ale and a hearty chunky soup nozzle dispenser. I'm the Dome, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Joining the talkcast tonight, the usual suspects who somehow made it here after all this, in the Revere Time Vortex, realizing that when people are downloading stuff, it makes it a little more difficult, our violent soundboard vixen, Contessa of Sparkly Stuff, Vice Princess of Rhetoric, it's our own girl genius, Kriana. My PSA is download your porn at 2 a.m. like everyone else. God. <laughs> Unbelievable. From the stacks in her personal calm space in the dank dungeons, only indoor zen and vegetable garden doubling is the robot reading room. It's Zombrarian who somehow has with her today Shia LaBeouf. Actually, I don't have Shia LaBeouf, but I have a cat. Put her in the microphone. Put her in the microphone. And as we're waiting for the purr in the microphone from the cat named Shia LaBeouf, from a galaxy far, far away, the woman in chainmail riding a unicorn because, unicorn, Sir Sarah Lady Knight. Actually, I ride a dragon. You should probably do a fact check on that one. Oh, Jesus. I have a picture of you on a unicorn well, that was on io9 three months ago. Well, they need to check their sources because that's, that's not me. Mm-mm. <sighs> Our guest tonight, Kathleen Who Cavallaro. rides a unicorn, I mean, other than virgins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest tonight, from Dorks in Dungeons, Kathleen Cavallaro, Tim Jacobs, and Brian Kelly. Welcome to this huge mess. Glad to be here. Thanks oh, for having us. It's fun. You, you've definitely been had <laughs> to this it? point. <laughs> it is so at this point we would normally take five minutes to talk to Steve Perry from Rhode Island Comic Con but that's not going to happen tonight I and I don't know what the hell is actually going to happen tonight but I guarantee you that's not and now the news was an interesting hiccup. Thank you, Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Which no one else heard, so our listeners are going to be fairly confused by that comment. Look, if Which our is why we don't make them. If our listeners aren't confused already, we're doing something wrong. Well, considering that our listeners haven't been a party to the last, oh, hour, I doubt they're confused. <laughs> Not as confused as we are. So last week when we didn't have a show, we were supposed to have a show, but we didn't. Uh, Sir Sarah was really. Did we have a show? Because I don't remember if we had a show. Were we supposed to have a show? <laughs> uh, no. Do we, we have shows? Are we even here? We're, we're kind Am of. Am I not. having an existential crisis? <laughs> is anything Thank you, real? Thank you, Jean Paul Sartre. In, in, in any real case, life, is there a unicorn and or a robot? 
A unicorn robot! Ooh, good call. I'd ride that. Right? Yeah. All We're night long. Making that one happen Hitachi here. makes it, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're in deep trouble. Not yet. But you'll get there with a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, evidently, you might. Sarah was supposed to come, come back from New York Comic Con to tell us all about what had happened. And since we didn't hear it then, why don't we take a couple minutes now and talk about that? Yeah, well, um... First of all, I was really impressed by their Cosplay is Not Consent campaign. Um, they had big-ass posters, like, everywhere. Um, and they had little, like, clips um, in, like, the uh, pre- pre-show, like, pre-panel slideshows. And they were really, like, on point with that. And I was like, yes, good. Safe environment. Awesome. Good job, guys. Um also, we apparently surpassed San Diego Comic-Con. And now, I've been to both for many years, and it didn't feel like it. Like, I could actually move on the con floor. Like, there was space sometimes. It was very strange, but the numbers for New York Comic-Con this year were 150,000, and for San Diego were 131,000. Um, so apparently, I don't know if I'm buying that, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And they were like, we released, you know, Thursday tickets, but it's they sold it. It's 150 versus 131 unique individuals. And I don't know, like, what, like, do did more people buy, like, the uh, four-day or the four-day and preview night San Diego passes? Oh, this, this is a very easy mystery. Individual. The center's got to be bigger in New York. Mm-hmm. It's San Diego! Who goes there for anything? No one. (laughs) That is true. It's not like San Francisco, which is like a a big hub of, like, conferences. New York is a big hub of conferences. Yeah. So... You'd think that the Javits Center in New York would not be in the middle of nowhere, but it is, in fact, in the middle of nowhere. Because it's so big, and that's why you could move. That's true. All right. I physics guess wins play. again. What physics? I don't it's live like on this plane. I don't understand physics. It, it 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 might be time work, but who knows? Yeah. So what else was Alternative there? Dimension. Bigger uh, on the well, inside. To... Bigger on the inside. There exactly. you go. <laughs> yep. Time Lord technology. Um, well, I went to the Agents of Shield panel, uh, and... which was great. We saw the episode from two weeks ago, um, and it since aired, and it was great. Um, and we also got to see an exclusive clip of the new Agent Carter show, which Yee! we saw it on Friday, and they had filmed it on Monday, literally pulled out a DVD of it and put it in the player. It was like, this was just edited. It's fine. Holy Very cool. fucking shit, you guys. <laughs> this show is going to kill me. It's literally going to kill me because she is so perfect in every way. <laughs> She's, like, a badass, but she's, like, sweet, and she's loving, but she will kick your ass. Her imperfections are even perfect, aren't they? I know. She's the best. I'm so excited. I want it to be a full, like, long series instead of a mini-series. Was there lipstick? I have to know. Oh, my God. All of the lipstick. Oh, Oh my God. Well, and I cosplayed her on Sunday. Um, so just like all of the lipstick, but oh my God, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. You guys, it's going to be the best thing you've ever seen. I'm so excited. It was great. But so, yeah, so Clark Gregg was there and Jeff Loeb and Clark Gregg is probably the cutest human. Uh, I have no idea who that means. He's agent Colson. Ah, uh. yeah. Um, and he was just like, I love these, I love all of you fans. Like you're so amazing. So yeah, it was, it was he kind of looks like an alien to me. That, I mean, that's my type. People who look like aliens. So, sure. <laughs> it was perfect for you. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm here for this. So, so that do, you was like, the hype? Hmm? do you like Benedict Cumberbatch? He kind of looks he like an alien. He is not really the, like, not really. Only a Sherlock, but then only a little bit. Okay. I'm, try, very, I'm trying to think of someone else who looks as much like an alien as, as Agent well, Coulson. Well, for me, it's more like girls like Summer Glau. Is probably yes, she does yeah. look like Absolutely. an alien. Yes, yeah. Absolutely Absolutely Swinton. Does. yes, oh, yeah, uh, yeah but not in a good way. 
<laughs> Sometimes it's a good Yikes. Yikes. I don't know. In the right light. You mean with the lights <laughs> off? Ouch. That's a little hard. <laughs> Sorry. Tiana has feelings because I think Tilda Swinton's pretty. Tilda Swinton looks like she's not real in the way that androids look like they're not real when they're trying really hard to look real and then they're not and then they look really scary. Yeah, and you could like pull Tilda Swinton's head off and it would do that weird milk stuff from the alien. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was that was near Comic Con. Um, had a lot of fun, bought um a lot of things, and went to pretty much two panels, uh, three panels. I went to the Geeks Out um, LGBT representation in media panel, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, it was great. Love it. That's awesome. And in two weeks, we're going to be at Rhode Island Comic Con, which will yeah. also be awesome with any luck at all. <laughs> I hope we get to interview not Nicholas Brendan again. I know. That was the best <laughs> interview. Well, not Nicholas Brendan will be there, but Nicholas Brendan will not. <laughs> uh, well, then we're, we're not sure Nicholas to get Brendan? an interview with with not Nicholas to, Brendan. To see our interview with not Nicholas Brendan, visit our YouTube channel. Nicholas Brendan uh, got arrested the other day. Yes, he did. Yes, because of violence against the hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he like throw a chair? No, he trashed a room to the tune of thousands of dollars. Mm. No, but he also like threw a chair at someone. He might have. I think that was Bobby. That that was me. (laughs) The article I read involved throwing a chair. It was beautiful. <laughs> nice. I was like, "Oh, Xander, oh Xander, this isn't is that what like... everyone's like?" Always, oh, Xander. <sighs> Only not even Xander, because Xander wouldn't do that. Nicholas Brendan. <laughs> yeah. I know you're just trying to prove that you're not your most famous character. You did good job. I think Xander would totally do that. So. Sorry, if you can't tell, I have some bitterness about finding out that Nicholas Brendan is in actuality kind of not. Speaking amazing. of how the mighty have fallen, did you know that oh. What's-His-Face, he doesn't have a name anymore because I think he's, um... Uh-huh. No, I'm not gonna say that. Um, there's a certain <laughs> actor who used to be on Buffy the Vampire Slayer who everyone sort of goes gaga over who's kind of an asshole... And he is now on the wait for it Lifetime series, Witches of East End. Spike is on Witches of East End. Yes, and it's horrifyingly bad. Oh, see, this is why we're getting married because I immediately knew who you were talking about. Trashy <laughs> McTrashy trash. Oh, yeah, no. it's like it's like a Lifetime original movie, but with witches. And no, more... it's a lifetime original series with kind of witches. But and, but like and... you know you know the lifetime series you, you usually don't even know the the actors in them or or in the movies except for maybe every once in a while they'll have someone like headline because they look kind of like the person that they're playing if it was a real person. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nothing. No, nothing. Nothing. That's how you know it's really washed-up actors on Lifetime series. Uh, we I've should tried, have a segment uh, called that. What really washed-up washed up actors <laughs> on Lifetime? <laughs> on Lifetime. <laughs> because you know the other actors that are on there are just sort of like like you don't know that they're not like famous as far as I know. Like not... they're like oh they had a memorable bit part in this. Yeah, sitcom. they're. They, yeah. They've had walk-on roles on like eighteen sitcoms. You know, they're they're not like well known. They're trying to get a paycheck. I won't begrudge them that, but it's kind of funny. Kinda <laughs> okay, funny. I've got I've actually got a better kind of funny for you, and it starts with two words you may not have ever heard together or Uh-oh. wanted for a long time. Washed up actors on Sharknado. <laughs> Donald Faison. I, I thought, thought you were going to say Trump, and I was not excited. Yeah, me excited. too. I was nope. confused by that. Donald Faison. I have no idea who that is. You may from Scrubs. I do, oh, yeah. I do not. Who the hell was that? Who was he on Scrubs? Yeah. He he was Chocolate Bear on Scrubs. Chocolate Kirk. Bear! Okay. Yeah, I like him. Also okay. famous for his role in Clueless. Famous for movie. putting up with Zach Braff for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the movie okay. What so he's fun. not famous for is one of the worst science fiction movies made in the last decade called Skyline. Well, at least he's not on a Lifetime series. So. I thought you liked Skyline. Though. I hate Skyline. I am the one who laughed when he died hysterically and went, please, can we kill him again? <laughs> I, Were you like in the theater when you shouted that? Though? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was no. in the middle of the theater. And I said, that's great. Kill him again. Please. See, Joan, this is why we don't ever actually go to the movies together, because we'd end up arrested. <laughs> yeah. Remind me sometime, I'll tell you the story about when we went to see Aragon. <laughs> oh, no. So, so here's, here's, here's the real issue. Here's why I even bother to bring this up. Sometimes they make a sequel of a good movie, and it's shitty. Sometimes they make a sequel of a great movie, and, and it's okay. But when they take a shitty movie like Skyline, and and now they're going to make a goddamn sequel out of it that's called Beyond Skyline. Uh, it's 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 unbelievable. Okay, I mean, now I'm gonna I'm gonna trot out all of our stock sequel jokes. So that would be Skyline Two Electric Boogaloo because there were so <laughs> many unanswered questions in Skyline One. Okay, now we've gotten that out of the way. Actually, I think this one will be called Skyline Two: Donald Faison Returns. <laughs> and now he's immortal and they spend the whole movie killing him and Dome has actually dreamed this movie this is great this, <laughs> if I get to see that character die and, and it's not it's not just he's, he's a lousy character he's a horrible human being he gets eaten in front of his friends by <laughs> let's aliens. clarify that Donald Faison himself may or may not be a horrible human being talking about the character the character is a horrible the human being there you go the character is a horrible human being the movie's a horrible movie and and the ending is so laughable the last five minutes of the movie are so laughable and skyline made money. I mean, it was it cost him ten million dollars to make it. It made almost nineteen. Wow, nice. And that was domestically. God knows what it did in Europe. I bet it. Would Those damn Europeans. <laughs> they do stuff about things. They exist. I mean, this thing makes Sharknado look good. <laughs> <laughs> And I just cannot believe that they're going to make a sequel of it. And they're, yet, doing it they're doing it just for you, Dome. Just to fuck I think you. they are. Yeah, just because they know how much you hate it. They want to yeah. ruin your life. Well, it's not going to ruin my life because I'm going to sit in a theater and laugh and annoy people again. <laughs> because that's what this deserves. That's all I have to say about that. But, 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 I know that Zombrarian loves the librarian series on time. No, I do. I love it and it should be called The Archivist just to get that out of the way. So, now what okay, are you going to say I, about it? Is it actually good? No. It's it's, it's, it's awesomely bad. Let's put it that okay. way. It's it good in the same way that like National Treasure is good. <laughs> or I don't know, what are the other things I like that are really bad? All the, the things that you like. Waterworld. Waterworld. Oh. I love no, Waterworld water is world. not awesomely bad. Waterworld is just bad. Water I world would is... say Waterworld is just awesome, and I am standing here in Portsmouth <laughs> surrounded by flaming trash cans with my shirt off. With no pants. <laughs> and no pants. The dorks and dungeons, and we're <laughs> no, going to watch Waterworld every Wednesday. Have fun with that. <laughs> Waterworld Wednesday, Zombrarian and Dorks and Dungeons. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, Enjoy I just that. planned your life for... The next future. So anyway, Jump, tell us more about the next movie in the Librarian should be called the Archivist series. Well, it's not going to be called the Archivist series, and it's because it's an actual series that TNT is now turning out and churning out instead of another movie. <gasps> what? And it's going to be called. You ready for this? The Librarian. What? what? I, did you see that I actually went in and corrected it in the Google Doc because I thought you added a random S? 
Yes, I did. <laughs> I, can, I can vouch for Dome that he did not add the random S. I am looking at it, and yeah. I'm excited. I'm still mad that they don't call it the archivist because he's not a librarian. He's not. He could be. You don't know. He could be. And, and so here, here's the thing. Noah Wiley is doing really good in Noah Wiley is Noah Wiley. You know, if he were in a Lifetime movie, he'd fucking pull it off. <laughs> Noah Wiley has been in several Lifetime movies. I guarantee it. It, it probably has. Okay, yeah. well, now, now we're finding that. this out. I'm going... But, you know, he's... Falling Skies is, is it shooting its last season. And he's got to have something to go, fall back on. So it's the new series for TNT. And it premieres in December. And it's called The Librarian. So there's that. There was a, a panel for it at New York Comic Con. And I think my friend saw it and said it was decent. But I don't, I don't remember. Because there were just so many things happening. Here's the thing. It's one of those things that you don't go into with high expectations. Yeah. No, you absolutely can't. Fun. Ooh, like the mummy. Yes. <laughs> the mummy is is Kriana's favorite bad movie. National Treasure is mine. We both really enjoy the librarian, even though every time I have to say it really should be called the archivist. No, no, Wiley <laughs> has not been in a lifetime original movie. What? I know it's How's shocking. Well, I, I think it's because he was on what's it called for so long? That other show. ER. That one. Yeah. He was basically on ER. Period. Forever and ever. I mean, for like a million years, and he and Abby should have been dating. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna go into that. I don't think so. I used to watch ER. He with played my dad. Steve Jobs. He bet, I bet he did much better than Ashton Kutcher. Oh, I bet he would. Um, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Circa, oh, that's right. Circa 1999. That's right. I remember that. And movie. Steve actually liked it. Yeah. God rest his soul. Holy shit, we need to do Sarah's news next. <laughs> Sarah has well, news. Wait, what is Sarah this news? Sarah just added news, and it's really important. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Sarah. It, unfortunately, all right, I have to put a caveat first. That uh, well, all right, I'll go. It, they took it down. No. And then I'll tell you that the first Avengers: Age of Ultron trailer leaked briefly online today before being pulled down. It was in the last like maybe five, uh, like four hours that it leaked um, and was taken down. Um, Marvel responded to this by just tweeting, damn it, Hydra, which is cute. Um, I saw the trailer. And... It's amazing. Of course it is. Black okay, Widow. okay, who, who has... Who... She's talking about Black Widow. No, I'm, I'm finding this. Someone, someone somewhere got a copy of this. Yeah, someone, no, someone definitely did. Um, but in it, you see Black Widow... Fall it out of a helicopter or uh, one of uh, just a, a plane on a motorcycle, land and just fucking drive away like the badass nice. that she is. Nice, amazing. Um, the Hulk it uh, smashes things. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's some, some. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's gonna be some robots. Maybe some some robots around. Um, lots of robots. Um, yeah, Quicksilver runs really fast. Like, it's great, you guys. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, no. His design also looks l slightly less stupid than Quicksilver from X-Men Days of Future Past, but oh, only a little bit. Oh, okay. I mean, actually, Has Marvel said anything about how they're going to address that whole problem where um, the Avengers and the X-Men cross over but they don't own the rights to the X-Men movies anymore? Um, I think they're doing it by not, by skirting around the issue. Like, they're not referring to mutants as mutants. They're, um, miracles. Um, and I feel like uh. there's another word they used, but they're not, 
allowed gifted. to say something like that, but they're not allowed to say mutants. Because um, I know could find. Nice. Agents of Shield, they use gifted. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't see the pictures. Let's see. Oh, nope. I will private by the author. Um, but yeah, so the trailer is awesome, and if you can find it anywhere, try to watch it. But if not, it is airing during Agents of Shield next week, so you only have to wait a week. Actually, you only have to wait until Tuesday. Correct. Which you don't, you don't have to wait. I just posted a link that works in the Skype chat. <laughs> well, we don't have to wait. Our <laughs> listeners do because we love and respect no. Marvel and Joss Tweet Whedon. this. Tweet this now. <laughs> no. We want Joss Whedon on the show, damn it. Joss Whedon will still come on the show. This is the best publicity he could have. Yep, clearly. Oh my gosh, you guys, Sci-Fi Saturday Night like totally liked my trailer. <laughs> is that it? is that your Joss? Does voice? it look like just yeah. like a really obese Joss. Iron Man, or is it just me? It, yeah, that's no, that's the Hulkbuster armor, uh, right? That's what he uses when he fights Hulk. He looks really lame. <laughs> yeah, it's well, Kriana, nice mood you're in tonight. <laughs> Uh, like, who drew that? Like, is that really from the comic books? I, I drew that. <laughs> Dude, take some art classes. <laughs> See, a lot of this other stuff looks really cool, and then you've got, like, fat Iron Man. <laughs> Just hanging out. Robert Downey Jr. plans on gaining a lot of weight. So. <laughs> yeah, they have this, they have this ready for him. Robert Downey Jr. is going to come Morton Downey Jr. and then we're all set. And for anybody over fifty, that was a funny fucking. Oh, and uh, here's a second. Here's a secondary link in case that one stops working. <laughs> and and of course, the other thing that Sarah wants to talk about is something uh, that I posted on our web page uh, and our Facebook page uh, last week, which is also really cool. That's is that kind of passive aggressive dome. Well, no, it's just that we... It was not passive-aggressive. I saw it, and I feel like it's important to talk about it. Thanks. Um, is that, well, is that my cue to start talking about it? All right, well, so the Ghostbusters reboot has been confirmed. That would be your cue right there. Yes, um, it is an all-female cast and a female scriptwriter, which is the greatest news ever. I'm so happy. Like, I thought it was a joke. People kept tweeting about it. They were like, oh, wouldn't this be great? And now it's happening. And it's like, all my dreams have come true. Well, it's the only way. Yeah, no one cares about Ghostbusters. The Avengers trailer leaked. (laughs) (laughs) No one cares about Ghostbusters. Stop yelling Hurt my I will when I'm less excited. Was that what it takes these days? Avengers? Yeah. Oh, okay. An actual good movie? Uh-huh. Like like the librarian. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Damn. It's no longer Skippy. a good movie, but it's going to be... Any Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> no, no, not any, because I'm not going to see Left Behind. I don't like Nicolas okay. Cage's face. Am I the only one who feels this way? Like, his face is wrong. And not like Tilda Swinton wrong, where... No, you're not the only one. No, you're okay. not the only one. But I feel like they're kind of almost in the same vein of wrong. It's just, you know, she's less outwardly... Well, she tries harder, let's put it that way. She tries harder. <laughs> one of our... Uh... One of our dorks here was actually on set with Nicolas Cage one time. Oh, he's uh, he's as weird as he sounds. You yeah, tell that really? Story? I want to hear the story. Yeah, I said do come uh, on, go for it. I said do background work, and we were instructed to not look him in the eyes, take pictures of him, approach him, or, or anything of the sort. So we were all instructed just to stay far away. It was a closed set. And then on the set, um, one of the ADs got in his, light, his sight line, and he blew up and had a hand in, like, a screaming fit because it just took him out of his character, and 
it, it was just, it was fun to watch. <laughs> he doesn't he have a Christian character. Bale? Is that what <laughs> you're saying? He pulled a Christian Bale? It, 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 it wasn't violent. Like, nobody was physically endangered, but yeah, I wouldn't have wanted AD in that moment. Yeah, he lost his shit. Don't see me, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So I didn't know he actually got into character. Well, the same Nicholas thing Cage all the time. is the character. <laughs> He's always yeah, the yeah. character. Just, just like Keanu That's Reeves. Yeah. He's, he says, Whoa, sorry. Keanu. Speaking of Keanu, I had a segue there. Um, <laughs> guess guess what else starts next week? It, uh, or this What's week, that? if you're listening on Saturday. Um, Constantine. Oh, oh yeah, yes. that starts uh, yes. this this Friday, so it'll just have been out for a day when this goes live. Yeah, something like that. So everyone should watch it. It's really good. I've watched it like three times, and Zombrian will say, "I don't watch things over again. I watch a movie, I'm done with it, pretty much." She does. She won't watch anything again with me. It's horrible. Except Zoolander. Hey, Librarian. That doesn't get. Kriana, there was one uh, article that you brought up that I really wanted you to talk about. And that's the first one you've got there. Speaking of Avengers? Yes. <laughs> okay, so who is the coolest guy in the world? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Right. Okay, as a joke, while they're filming Avengers, Robert Downey Jr. says, Hey, you know that A that's left up on the tower once we're done, you know, destroying New York City? I want that. And everyone's like, ha 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 ha. And then two years later, it shows up at his office. Oh my god. So now he has that in his freaking office. I want that in my office. I don't know where I'd put it, but it's 30 feet fucking high. (gasps) Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. We're holding. There is one thing about this story that confuses and disturbs me. Yes. Robert Downey Jr. has an office. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he need an office? Why does anyone I, need I an office to take care of does business? Does he have like, important acting paperwork to do? <laughs> Like, oh, I gotta fill out these actor TPS reports and make a cover sheet for him. Maybe he does. How do you know? I don't. All kind of screen actor field stuff that we know nothing about is mere mortals. You know, mortals. Are we? Are we mortals? We're mortals. Is is that like muggles? (laughs) Muggles. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I see. Muggles. Guys, we should talk to the guests before they decide they're not going to be on anymore. (laughs) That's that's probably true. Hi, guests. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Now I'm scared. About a year, year and a half ago, somebody brought to my attention that there was this this improvisational comedy group that wanted to get to Gen Con, uh, and they were doing a Kickstarter project, and I read the Kickstarter, but it, it got to me like just the day that the Kickstarter ended. So we never made that connection until this year at Granite Con when I think it was Brian that came up. It was, yeah, we met there. And and I went, I know you guys, and you looked at me like, why? What? <laughs> Which, not- to be fair, is what we say when, when people say that to us, so. Yeah, it, it's exactly the same reaction we have when somebody goes, yes, I've actually listened to your show. What? <laughs> no way in hell. So... It, it became kind of a thing where I, I really wanted to have you guys on for a while, and we've never been able to connect. Uh, Kathleen, Tim, and Brian are all part of a an improvisational comedy group in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, called Dorks and Dungeons. And I, I guess Kathleen, as director of logistics for this undertaking of 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 insolence. Uh, Describe to me what it's all about. 
I think you just did. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> no, it's um, we have a a troop of sixteen um, casting crew, and we do a show once a month in Portsmouth, and in between we travel around to whatever conventions will have us, and. Um, so, yeah, a lot of my time is spent just trying to find those conventions that will have well, us. Well, what, what is the show? Oh, well, I'll let you explain that better than I will. So. Oh, okay. We, uh, so we, we play something akin to Dungeons & Dragons on stage. We, take, uh, we have players sitting around a table, you know, with dice and papers in front of them. And uh, they play this ongoing adventure now that we've been telling for two years. Uh, but with a change, instead of just a game master, which I am, uh, anytime they encounter somebody, we have uh, an improviser come out and play that character. So everyone from like barkeeps to villains to uh, monsters, we just, instead of planning anything, we just improvise that in the moment. Uh, people seem to like what we do. It's a little weird. We're not the only ones doing this sort of thing, but it's... Uh, we're the best. <laughs> We're the best at it. Uh, we, yeah, any, I'll, I'll say right here on this show that we're the best fantasy comedy role-playing improv comedy troupe alive <laughs> at this moment. So, so Tim, as, as one of the actors, uh, how did you get involved with this? Uh, well, I went to see a show, um, because, hey, I love improv. You know, I played Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, I knew most of the people in it. And I saw one show, and I literally, my face hurt after from smiling and laughing, and my abs, you know, they were hurting too. And that's saying something. But you should see this guy's abs. They're like crazy. <laughs> we never go abs. five minutes without a mention of his abs. Just <laughs> it's, it's in my contract. Let's get a little timer going. Oh, it's I, time. It's time. <laughs> We, I, either have to, I either have to show him or say something about him. So for the first uh, half hour, I was just showing them, you know, I think six times. Oh. Um, but then after seeing that show, I went up and talked to him. And I'm like, hey, guys, this is great what you have going. Um, is there a way that I can audition for this, you know, be a part of you guys? And they're like, hey, you should come do a guest improv thing. And so they had me as a guest improv uh, person. And I loved it, you know. There's nothing like being in front of a live audience. That's why I became an actor in the first place. But when you have no idea what, what you're going to say and you have no idea where the story's going, it changes literally moment to moment. Um, and after that, I'm like, I want, I want this, guys. I want this more than a lot of things, which I, I won't tell you what those things are because they're <laughs> secret, sacred things. Um, but they're like, yeah, it comes to auditions. And I auditioned, and apparently they liked me. And uh, so I've been doing it now with them since the summer. Yeah, you've been, you've been with us for a few months now. When I went to it? my first con ever with them. Amazing. What did yeah. you think? It was a little overwhelming. <laughs> which, which, which convention was it? Uh, Boston Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm glad you started out with a small one. Perfect. And that's, that, you're telling me that's a small one? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. Sounds tiny. I mean, we'll I was bigger. not expecting it. You know, I've... I was expecting maybe a couple thousand people walking around in half-assed costumes. I, like, I'm not a con. I've never been to anything like that. And I went in there and was blown away by the costumes, blown away by the size of it, and just the amount of time and dedication that they put into the costumes, and then just how friendly and awesome the people were. You know, went and talked to a lot of people in the booths, and we were there on a Sunday, like very close to close. Closed. We were we the were literally time. the last thing. Like Boston Comic Con was chasing us out. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone in the booth was still having a blast. Like all the booths, were, they were having a blast. They would talk to you. You know, there was no ass clowns who were like, "Yeah, either buy something or get the hell out of here." And I was like, "This is a really cool environment," and uh, and I'm happy these guys brought me into it. Aww. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Brian, uh, how did this, how did this start with you guys? I mean, well, uh, it started. Who thought alcohol. this was a good idea? Uh, <laughs> Kathleen was drinking with a, uh, with a co-creator, uh, and they were like, they had this theater slot to fill um, with anything but theater. Yeah. So they were like, well, 
it would be great if we played Dungeons and Dragons on stage with a bunch of, you know, comedians and performers. And that's what it was. That's what it started as just like this one off night at a crappy black box theater. Uh, we went on stage and we played Dungeons and Dragons and we did it like a chess match with like an overhead camera projected uh, like with a game table projected onto <laughs> the wall. And it, it was all very kind of experimental and super boring and not at all fun to watch. Uh, but it was niche enough and it was, it was weird enough and kind of cool enough that, um, it caught on. So we did it another night and then, well, we were also calling it Dungeons and Dragons live on stage and realized we couldn't do that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, so we, you know, we did it another time and then we were like, Oh, well, Hey, maybe, maybe we're onto something here. Um, and so we got picked up for a full season because we sold okay. Uh, and we started just working on it. Like, what does it what does it mean to play a role-playing game on stage? Like, how do we make this not suck to watch? So we... Uh, so you basically workshopped it in front of a live audience over and over again. Over and over. For the course of a year, it was yeah. pretty much workshopped, yeah. Um, wow. And we still have those fans, so they've seen us um, go from that to something really different today. Yeah, we stopped playing Dungeons & Dragons. We actually wrote our own rule set. Like, we wrote a whole book about it. You can actually play the game we play on stage um, using this book we wrote about it. But it uh, it's definitely much different today than it used to be. Um for the better like it's fast but it's still you know we're still a bunch of nerds on stage rolling a 20-sided die you know yeah but you're also doing it at at the seacoast rep in portsmouth new hampshire which Mm -hmm. is a fairly well-known theater and you do you you've got what once a month a show there yep we uh for now yeah they haven't that's kind of freaking amazing you realize (laughs) when we uh when we kind of sit back and realize, like, wow, we, like, and we draw people on a Sunday, you know, which is not prime, theater prime time. Well, it's also really good timing with that theater because they just started the Red Light series. Um, and the curator of that series um, was really looking for shows with the tagline, Keep Portsmouth Weird. So it was just really good timing. <laughs> Um, he he's still doing bringing in unique shows. What does he call it? Like alternative adult entertainment. Yeah, adult alternative entertainment. Yeah. We're kind of like a a building block in that whole thing. Like a Dungeons and Dragons strip club. Yes, which is actually a great idea, and we're going to put that. That's in our, our next our project. <laughs> Fantastic our show, maybe. Well, you know, you got the abs already, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, it's been about five minutes. <laughs> Which is well, that's we why I mentioned it. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. I got the timer going. So, <laughs> I get what you're doing, and, and I think it's it's phenomenal. Do and, you? And I think, yeah, I actually do. <laughs> but there are so many... I'm contractually <laughs> obligated to say that at least three times yes. a show. <laughs> at least once a show. If not more, we understand but, how contract law works. Like, <laughs> yeah, thank God she's not an actual lawyer. She just plays one on radio. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Somebody just lean over and smack her in the head. But how many how many times does when you, when you talk to uh, an audience that hasn't seen you before, does someone go, "I don't really understand what just happened." I, a lot. Uh, well, <laughs> we try to give people a primer on what to expect. Um, you don't necessarily have to understand Dorks and Dunge- uh, Dungeons and Dragons or like anything really to enjoy it as a comedy show. I get, a lot of the responses I get are, I'm not sure I followed all of it, but I was laughing the whole, whole time and it was hilarious. So I understood enough. Um, that's usually a common response after the show. Yeah, they get the storyline. They don't necessarily get the rules. <laughs> really? You don't make them read them before the show? You know, I'm not sure. I <laughs> you really have a dramatic them. reading of them? Like, I think that would be a really... No, don't do that. No, <laughs> that would be a bad idea. That would be a horrible idea. Just, just you know, audiobook. 
podcast the rules. <laughs> oh my god, we should make an audio book. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are giving us so many good ideas tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of amazing that we have any good ideas anymore. <laughs> and Jorgen looked deeply into Mimosa's eyes. <laughs> igniting a spark between the two. I think people actually have written that fan fiction about our show. <laughs> <laughs> audio romance novel, you know. Hell yeah. Fantastic. So you're actually now in your third season of the Seacoast Rep. Uh, second of the Seacoast Rep, third season overall. Okay. Um, but yeah, we've we've done the show like almost 40 times at this point between all of our con appearances and our, our home shows. So we're we're getting old. We're getting up there. And so keep in mind, 40 shows, but it has been the same storyline. Yeah, and I'm not, I don't want to compare our success to other people's, but I mean, we are in our third season, Firefly got one season. <laughs> so we're are you on Fox? Time. I don't think so. <laughs> Do we want to be? No, I don't. No, no, you don't. <laughs> not even a little bit. So, so <laughs> let me ask you this. When you're dealing with a group of, 12 to 15 improvisational actors. And, you know, you must yeah. deal with them. It's not like you can, you know, treat yeah. them like humans. They must yeah. be dealt with. You don't want to treat them like humans. You have no, to deal no, with that will only encourage them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have the exact same framework that you're working out of every night, every performance. And yet... I know for a fact that the shows can be wildly different from night to night. Uh, we we keep people most we keep people in the dark about what the show is going to be about until about ten minutes before each show. I give them like a primer, like, "All right, this is what I'm going to throw at you tonight." Um, so everyone kind of they've done it enough now to know uh, basically. Like, okay, I trust the people around me. I know basically what a good show looks like. Um, I know how to tell a story in two hours. So it's kind of like everybody everybody knows that, yeah, this is going to be different, but we're going to be okay. We can try these weird new things. So it, I hope that answers your question. And uh, well, it, it technically wasn't a question. <laughs> it was a pontification, which is what Dome is known for. It's what I do. But, I mean, the reality is that there's got to be a level of trust between all the players in, in on the stage because improvisation I is I don't think that's I, something that's unique to this particular show. I think it's more unique to this show than most. It's when you rehearse improv for a long time, I'm like, that's one one of the things you talk about pretty often is trusting your partner support you in scenes. Um, so it's kind of key to what we do. I think every performance kind of has an element of trust, uh, but nothing will make you trust somebody more than, than like being scared shitless and not knowing what to say next. So when people go out there, they definitely uh, definitely need to have that. Uh, it, what you do is unique. It's fun. And you've got a, a group of people that uh, uh, are not only uh, play geeks, but gifted actors actors and, and improvisation comedians. Uh, I commend it and, and I recommend it to anybody who gets a chance to see these guys uh, monthly in, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire or, or at a con near you, hopefully soon. Um, it, it's Dorks and Vengeance and it's, it's quite a fun, fun performance. Thank you. Thank you. And um, oh, actually, well, we're going to be <laughs> performing at, at a convention in, uh, next month. Which convention?
So, Priyana, who's on in the next couple of weeks? Well, on November 1st, we have Josh Dahl of Rapid City Comics and Miltos from Game of Thrones. On the 8th, we have Chris Philbrook of Adrian's Undead Diary. And on the 15th, we have George O'Connor and Griffin S. For real this time! Promise. I'll believe it when I hear it. And this is the point where I get to say, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts, and find more of his creations on RobWattsOnline.com. Dome? I want to thank the people from Dorks and Dungeons, Kathleen Cavallero, Tim Jacobs, and Brian Kelly for joining us in what was two hours that should have only been one hour and ended up only being one hour anyway. And I want to thank the cast for working through whatever it is we worked through to make this what it was, and I'm not sure what it was. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and our woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you so much, ladies. I may have put a knitting needle through the soundboard. Archivist! <laughs> From her own personal Galaxy Quest, Sir Sarah Lady Knight, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.